As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Totally Football Show, European edition. Today... We have a Nice up in Ligue 1, Berlin hitting a wall, Roma Monza, jeers and tears, Ajax relegation fears and another Barca teenage prodigy appears. There's an Andy Carroll sighting plus a special look ahead to Champions League round three. All that and more in this Totally Football show. Monday, the 23rd of October. It's a special early Euro show for us today because Champions League looms large in the diaries of James Horncastle. Hello. Julian Laurent. Bonjour. Alvaro Romeo. Hola. And Raphael Honigstein. Hi. Hi. Nice to have us all together in the same studio. It's so nice. So, so nice. I've Every missed you. Have you missed us, Jules? Yeah. Well, you've been busy, though, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you know. France have qualified for the Euros in the Get meantime. Get in, yeah. yeah. We're going to win Spain it also. As usually. Italy, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Uh, not so they much. might not at all. Hey, yeah. you know. Just saying. Just saying. And Germany, you're going to be there anyway, aren't you, Germany, How the preparations going? Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Official and confirmed. Papers right. have been signed. Paperwork yeah. signed. <laughs> very, very nice. Excellent. But you had a good international break, Kraft? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay. I went Austria, to I Austria. Too. Austria. Oh, yeah. Did you go and yeah. hang out with Ralph? I did. But the game I went to against Belgium, they lost. They qualified a yeah. few days later away to Azerbaijan. He was well? Very well. Mm. Very Ralph Cifaretto. Oh. <laughs> what? I don't get it. <laughs> you just said, because yeah. James said Ralph, people might not automatically assume that it'd yeah. be Ralph ah. Raniuk. It could right. be Ralph from The Simpsons, yeah. Ralphie <laughs> from The yeah. Sopranos. I think the fact that Ralph would mention Austria gave a strong Ralph indication Canada. of which. Ralph Mouth. Ralph Mouth. Anyway, have, have a moment of the weekend, why don't you? Alvaro. My moment of the weekend? Yes. Well, uh, obviously, the, the name is Mark Yu. This is ah. a boy. Not Mark Hughes. No. Also no, a Barcelona no. player. Also a Barcelona true. player. Yeah, <laughs> true, Legends. true. Look, uh, actually, that's true. Um, but yeah, this boy, he scored for Barcelona, I think, at 23 seconds after he came onto the pitch. It was his debut. 
Barcelona was drawing nil nil with Athletic Club Bilbao and midway through the second half he came on and he scored the goal just uh, beating Unai Simón. It wasn't easy, he scored a beautiful goal, and yeah, uh, who knows if this is the beginning of a great career at Barcelona for the boy, but, uh, you know, Barcelona brings out plenty of academy products lately, uh, they don't have a single penny, mm. and uh, some of them are very good, and Mark Yu could be one of them. Extraordinary, isn't it? Another one rolls off the line. Only his second touch as a Barcelona first-team player. Yeah, and uh, I think that the final picture of him just um, being hugged by Lamin Yamal and Fermin, it's uh, one of these pictures that La Masia should be proud of, the Barcelona right. Academy. Probably you have to print that picture and put it somewhere in La Masia too, all together with the picture of, I don't know, uh, obviously this is uh, a totally different thing, but in 2011, uh, Messi, Iniesta and Xavi were first, second and third in the Ballon d'Or right. uh, ceremony. And this is a picture that La Masia is very proud of. Well, yesterday, La Masia has another picture to be proud of. Mm. Young players just winning a game against Athletic de Bilbao. Yeah, it was a good goal as well. No? Because it looked like maybe he should have squared it. And I think it was it Torres in the middle probably thought that too. Yeah, but I think that tonight Simon uh, opened up the angle a little bit for, for him. And then he went for it. And I think that the best thing about it is that probably he didn't think too much. He just did it. Mm. And it happened. And uh, Barcelona won. They certainly did. Mm. Very exciting at the top of La Liga. Pretty exciting at the top of the Bundesliga as well. Hey, Raf. Hey, James. What was your moment of the weekend? Well, James, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a moment of the week. Okay. I have a game, though. Ah. And it's in Bundesliga 2. Oh, good. Um, you might remember the story. Dusseldorf decided to open up their stadium ah, and yeah. let everyone in for free. Hmm. Paid for by sponsors. And uh, it's going to be four games. This was the first one against Kaiserslautern. I think third against six, so proper big game. Unfortunately, they were 3-0 down after 32 minutes. No. And things were very flat. But they rallied back to win 4-3. Wow. And the stadium exploded. It's worth the It price of the ticket. Incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have scripted it. It was just amazing, an amazing occasion. Right. No, you literally could script it, but 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 it's better that it happened in real life. <laughs> yes. 100. Yes. Yeah. It's the kind of thing they would script in Hollywood. They they yeah. 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 This isn't if sport. they were working. Like goal. This is everything. Goal. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Magnuson, very happy for them. Very happy for them. And what was the reason for Dusseldorf free ticket initiative? They they wanted to try this out because they've been trying to fill the stadium um, and it's not always full. And they thought, okay, let's see if we can get sponsors to pay the difference mm. and uh, see if we can make this a thing. And th there's a view of or an ambition to make this actually a full-time a regular occasion to do all home games for free down oh, the line if they can make it work. Do they make so much of concessions that it, they, they kind of come out on top anyway? Well, I guess they've done the numbers and, and thought, you know, if we get the extra 30,000, right. um, we can make it up on merchandise, etc. as long as our sponsors right. pay the difference. Um, but it was a huge success. And it, it they have a nice um, little motto. It's called Fortuna, Fortuna Dusseldorf for everyone. Mm. 
because you don't have to pay to get it in. It doesn't cost a Fortuna as well. Yeah. That's so nice. So and I think you did that joke last last yeah. season when we... I had a tuna, tuna it's still gag good. as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still sure good. I remember that. Yeah. It's still I mean, good. It's still, it's still, good. Work. It's still, no, no, it's still okay. very good. So, um, but one other serious point. <laughs> Is there any suggestion that had they had the usual ragtag half-filled stadium, they wouldn't have been able to rally quite so effectively? I think you are deeply into the realms of hypotheticals here, James. But still... It's possible. It's possible that they wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> wouldn't have come back. And you can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on that. No. Um, there's a slight caveat oh. to this wonderful story. Ragnar Aki was hit by a Coca-Cola bottle, and there is a small chance that Kaiserslautern, because it was Kaiserslautern player, that they might lodge a protest. Ooh. But he was able to carry on, so the chances of that. He showed real bottle. Mm. Again, <laughs> top, top word. <laughs> yeah. um, James, how about your moment of the weekend? It's probably uh, former Milan players uh, getting emotional, uh, James. And I'm not just talking about Sandro Tonali as he prepares for his, his ban, but uh, Stephen El Shawari, who had been falsely accused uh, by the paparazzo making all of these allegations about players uh, and betting. Uh, El Shawari's Legal team have uh, threatened to take action against uh, this guy, Fabrizio Corona. Uh, and he ended up scoring the winning goal for Roma against Monza. It was their fourth straight win in all competitions. Uh, it was a 89th minute winner as well. So he was in tears afterwards saying it was like a liberation after all, these, uh, all this fake news mm. about him. And then there was Manuel Locatelli who made his name coming through the ranks at AC Milan. Right. Um, he scored a goal, famously, James, on uh, October 22nd, seven years ago. Right. And uh, A goal for, for who Milan? against who? He scored for AC Milan against Juventus. It right. was a screamer from outside yeah. the box. Mm-hmm. We probably spoke about it on this podcast as Locatelli being the next big thing mm. in Italian football. Right. Those expectations caused him problems. Milan sold him to Sassuolo, where he resurrected his career under Roberto Di Zerbi. He then joined Juventus the club that he grew up supporting. As and a yesterday, seven years to the day from to that the screamer in the exact same fixture. He scored another screamer, albeit with a deflection. Come on. <laughs> a deflection. Not a screamer at all. Past Milan's third choice goalkeeper, who wasn't Olivier Giroud. Um, and <laughs> it was the only goal of the game. And he, he also um, right. broke down in tears afterwards. So, so much to... To take out of both those stories, actually. Yeah. yeah. But we'll have to wait because Jules is standing by with his moment of the weekend. Does it involve, Jules? Does it involve Andy Carroll? That's, that was going to be, but yeah. if you wanted to mention no, it, I've, I've got w- another one if you want. I've got... I mean, it's become the fashion to fill your boots. Have as many <laughs> as you like. So I will go with Andy Carroll. Saturday yep. afternoon, uh, Amiens play away and Annecy. So Andy Carroll, if you don't know, that Andy Carroll. In the French second division now, in Amiens, God knows why he's, how he ended up there, but he's there. Scored a lovely, lovely love from, what, 35 yards it was against Annecy. For only second goal of the season, he only had three starts and I think six or seven appearances in total. But that was lovely, lovely, lovely goal from his left foot. Beautiful. I bet your other one was it a goal from even further up, from 58.2 metres. Exactly, James. You read my mind. Was it not the fourth furthest from goal scoring strike since records began? Exactly. So remember Memphis Depay at the time where we were still doing 
the European football show on BT Sport scored an amazing one as well. We've had uh, Nabil Fekir scoring 1-2 from the halfway line. This one was just inside his box. I think the longest is 67 meters or something Cheapest, like that. Really? Yeah. The, the longest in France? or Yeah, in France. In yeah. France, okay. Uh, and Lamine Kamara... Just inside his half. Just inside his half, yeah, yeah, for Mets against Monaco on Sunday. And he said that he, he, he plays the crossbar challenge game mm. at training all the time from the halfway line. And he's quite accurate with it. This is different. But he said that Philip Cohen, the, um, the Monaco goalkeeper, is always very advanced. And that's the way Adi Hutter wants him to play anyway. So that he thought, if I've got the chance, I will try it. And after four minutes, not only he tried it, but it's an incredible finish. Magnificent. We'll hear how that game finished very, very shortly. Uh, but we're going to begin with a round of Champions League fixtures. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. All right, match day three in the Champions League. Tuesday, you've got Bayern travelling to Galatasaray, who haven't lost a game this season. They are 23 games unbeaten. Man United, meanwhile, will be looking for their first points of this campaign in Europe. They're at home to Copenhagen. Sevilla, who've got a brand new manager, will be hosting Arsenal, PSV against Lens in the same group. Uh, other highlights include on Wednesday, Man City are at Young Boys with the plastic pitch. Jules, you remember? That's right. Uh, RB Leipzig hosting Svenus Fesler. And as ever, Group F looking, uh, well, effing interesting really. You've got Newcastle, Dortmund and PSG Milan. Woof. Woof. We. Newcastle, Dortmund, Rafa. What are they saying about that in Germany? Well, they're saying that uh, Dortmund stealthily are the best team in Europe at the moment. I'm sorry, Did you what? know this? No. Uh, points per game in 2023. They've won more than anyone. Better in than Europe. A, better than in Atletico. top five. That's incredible. Really? Yeah. Okay. But when they Even went to PSG, they City. weren't the best team in no. the Parc no. France, were they? No, they're not. The, no. the, the, points, they were not the, the best Champions League points are not included in this. Ah, this is okay. the league. Right. But uh, I think it's still a very interesting stat because it shows you that despite Dortmund not playing very well and of course drawing that fateful game against Mainz at the end of the last season not really looking that hot in the Champions League either they found consistency uh, in terms of results and they won again on Friday uh, against Werder Bremen the kind of game that perhaps the beginning of the season they would have drawn but they found a way through Julian Brandt with a great goal he's been uh, really superb in this last uh, couple of months and they found good balance they are not that exciting but they are much more solid than they have been in the past. And in a way, Newcastle are quite similar. You know, Newcastle are not a very expensive team, but they're hard to break down. So I think it could, could be a very interesting game, perhaps not very high scoring. But I see, I see Dortmund with a chance. Will to, they play to get four something. up top against Newcastle? Um, I was PSG the, was doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 4-2-4, yeah. Oh, oh no, the 4-2-4. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think so, James. Okay. Uh, right. We don't have a maverick Spanish coach. Uh, Edin Terzic is quite pragmatic. Give, right. him, give him some time. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Rafi, um, so my conclusion from your analysis here is that Jude Bellingham was holding Dortmund back. Absolutely. Uh, That's yeah. exactly how it's being read in Germany, okay. yes. Mm. Um, I look forward to your column. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they miss him, of course. They miss him a lot in midfield. But... Terzic has changed the system and maybe it's also because he's no longer there. They played 4-3-3 last year and, and Bellingham was like a number 10, a number 8, a number 6 all at the same time. Now um, it's a more 
static setup, if you will, 4-2-3-1 with Marco Royce back in. He has to play in a number 10 because he can't run up and down on the sides anymore. So Dortmund are a little bit slower, a little bit more deliberate. But it works at the moment because it gives them good stability, good protection for the back four. Okay, and Julian Brandt's having a terrific time. He has created, here's a stat, more chances, created more chances than any player in the Champions League so far this season. How many of those have resulted in goals? None. None goals so it's far. It's not his fault, though. <laughs> no, no, okay. Not, not but, uh, to, to beat Newcastle, uh, especially at St. James's Park in the Champions League, you need a lot of character. I think right. It was Michael Cox here uh, in this podcast uh, flagging that... Uh, a tackle from Anthony Gordon was like a, the catalyzer for Sanjens' Park to erupt even more and right. end up just uh, destroying PSG. Yeah, more or less that was the thing. No, but... He, <laughs> Do he, have to listen to no, this? No, no, no. What was Jules the is Anthony Gordon out. tackle with what? The catalyst for what he said? <laughs> yeah. The, okay. No, they yeah. are celebrating, Sorry, they are celebrating even tackles over there. The atmosphere yeah. is crazy. Is no, that the only stadium? Gonna, I'm going to say something Is that the only stadium where they celebrate a tackle? <laughs> well, one of the few. And really? Got, oh. Come on. I'm going to say more, uh, just to yes. finish with my uh, no, argumentation. <laughs> I would say that the, uh, the, the way they have manufactured the, the squad uh, in Newcastle mm. has been exactly uh, looking for players who have this uh, personality and this right. kind of uh, aggression. Yeah. Because they, if you check who scored the goals against Crystal Palace on Saturday, Longstaff, Murphy, Wilson, and uh, the other one uh, was uh, Anthony Gordon, None of them that are state club players. They are not big stars. They mm. went for these kind of players that they are full at it. They go for it. Mm. And they have created this culture of fighting a lot and mm. uh, putting a lot of aggressivity in the game, aggressiveness in the game. It's very special what they have done. Well, no, I was just going to say they like players who play at full tilt, possibly literally in uh, Sandra Tonali's <laughs> case. I don't know if that's one side Allegedly, he went to yeah. or not. But uh, <laughs> what is the Sandra Tonali situation? Because the, the Italian... Authorities are being extremely uh, expeditious with their bans. We, we should have a, a verdict within the next few days now on him. Or within the next few hours, because uh, Tonali's legal team have been uh, in Rome or they've been in conversation with public prosecutors for the Italian Football Federation about his plea bargain. It is expected to be a, a longer ban uh, than Nicola Fagioli's. Um, so uh, we will have to see. There is some desire for it to come into effect as quickly as possible. Um, so that uh, he can obviously return uh, as soon as possible. Right. Suggestions are they're looking for a year, his lawyers are looking for 10 months, but it's that kind of uh, size, the, the likely suspension. Yeah. And as with uh, Fagioli's ban, you know, Fagioli was banned for 12 months, but uh, only seven is uh, stopping him from playing football. The rest is partly the therapy that he's to undergo for his gambling uh, addiction. And also he has to do quote unquote community service, which mm. is a series of speaking engagements to amateur football clubs, um, federal uh, training centers for young up and coming players, uh, and also sort of addiction charities as well. So I think that would be parceled in um, to whatever ban, but at the moment, uh, nothing uh, official that we can report. Hmm. But, uh, okay. Tonali was in uh, in Durham uh, the, the weekend. Obviously, he, he played, came on for the last 20 minutes of that game against uh, Palace, but he was at uh, Adventureland. Okay. Um, What's Adventureland in Durham? It's clearly very worried. It's <laughs> a theme park, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's a theme park, yeah. What it's kind of thing do they have? Adventure, James. Uh, okay. It's a land of adventure, um, but it's a little bit like, I imagine, Flamingo Land in Yorkshire. 
Oh, what is Flamingo Land? You've never heard of Flamingo Land? No, no. only Yorkshire okay. people must have. Do you mean Adventure Valley? Um, I do not know. Um, I think you I mean will... Adventure Valley. Yes, Adventure Valley. Six huge play zones. It's got farmyard fun. <laughs> They've also uh, they boast the world's fastest tortoise. So there's that. Uh, while we're on the subject of amazing <laughs> statistics. Really fast. Yeah. I mean, you know. Sandro I mean, Tonali. Sign me up. <laughs> it's a played, long way from London. Has played more minutes in the Champions League since the start last season than any other outfield player. That's clearly about to change. But no player since the start last season has played more minutes in the Champions League outfield player than him. I mean, obviously he played pretty much every minute to the semi-final, yeah. the semi-final yeah. Yeah. so yeah. there's no Man City players who yeah. would have played more than him. Yeah. But yeah, he can now watch it. He can watch the goal show now. Voila! <laughs> there you go. So there's that. Uh, excellent. Uh, quick, do, does anybody think Dortmund are going to do better at Newcastle than PSG did? It's not hard to do better than PSG yeah. did. Yeah, They're the cool. best team in Europe, James. So, yeah, of course. Oh, but they, I think that in, that in that group in particular, the home the home sides are going to win most of the games. There, there hasn't been an away win in that group yet. Right. We, we're all doing predictions for our, our, our TV enterprise. Uh, who's got a Dortmund away win here? I haven't actually done my win. What are you going to put down, Raph? I think I'm going to put down a 1 1 draw. Are you? Nice. Jules, what are you going to put down? I, I went for 2 1 Newcastle. Okay. Because of the Anthony Gordon tackles. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. James? <laughs> yeah, I will go for a Newcastle win. I haven't done my predictions yet, mm. but I haven't really been impressed by Dortmund in the Champions League mm. um, so far this season. Even against Milan at Dortmund, um, it's an open game, one that Milan felt that they should have. Uh, perhaps one, but um, hmm. but let's see. What are you going to put for PSG Milan, which is happening at the same time on Wednesday? Ooh, it's an awkward one for Milan because they should have six points right. from this group. They only have two. There's a lot of regret uh, from not taking their chances against Newcastle and uh, against Dortmund. PSG are seen as the team that has the most talent in this group, regardless of you know, being a group of death, regardless of what we've been talking about with Luis Enrique, but for for Milan to have lost against Juventus at the weekend, to have played for around about an hour with 10 men, mm. um, and to have Napoli coming up at the weekend as well, all of a sudden, I wouldn't say there's pressure on Stefano Pioli because they'd won seven out of eight games going into, um, in the league at least, going into the weekend's game, but it feels like this is a, a really tough part of the season mm. and it will it will only get tougher I would imagine Paris Jules has obviously seen PSG more than I have yeah I think it's a, it's a fascinating one even at 11 against 11 I didn't I was not really impressed by Milan against Juve <coughs> on Sunday night to be fair but I think Leao can hurt any team really I don't know who would play midfield either but I think PSG even with that 4-4 which I expect it is going to be again the 4-4 for Luis Enrique at the Pas de Prince, we'll go for it. I think there will be a lot of space to run in behind. For Leao, for example, for Giroud, not so much, but maybe Okafor could do a really good job at some point in that game to beat that PSG back three slash back four. So it should be good. I, I still think PSG, because they're home, have to be a slight favourite in that game. Uh, but you can call it, I think you can predict a draw. I, I think that would be fair too. Uh, but PSG have to win after what happened in Newcastle, really. Mm. I also think since their return to the Champions League a couple of years ago, this group of Milan players and Pioli, they, yes, they reached the semi-final of the Champions League last year, but they've yet to have what I would say like is a statement away performance. Right. 
um, aside from beating Atletico, yeah. awful Atletico, but, but, you know, one nil with that Junior yeah. Macias header in a group stage where they went out of the group, they haven't really delivered something which I think has made everyone stand up and take notice. And in the league as well, the big fixtures this season, the derby, that humiliation of 5-1 at the hands of Inter and now this defeat mm. at the weekend. But it's not that they, right, they were still perhaps waiting for a, an away statement, but uh, the performance last year against Tottenham at Tottenham ground was incredible. The way they defended oh, yeah. until the end, that was not a victory, but uh, you could pretty much vote that as a victory because it was amazing. It they was. They defended really well. They did defend yeah. really well, um, but that came at a time when they were playing poorly in the league. They'd had five put past them by Sassuolo. They changed system, played three at the back, and it was a Tottenham team that was going through the motions with, with Conte on his way out. And it was a Milan team that I felt that did not play to the potential that we saw when they won the league that kind of high-pressing, free-flowing football, it was kind of quite gritty backs against the wall. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm, what I'm talking about is for Milan to show their best version of themselves in the Champions League away from home. We've not seen that yet, at least in terms of an attacking performance. Even though they lost, I thought Morante was good. At 40, yeah, was particularly at the end. Yeah, The shirt sales for Mirante this morning nice. must be going through the roof. Whether they match <laughs> uh, Giroud's goalkeeper shirts, we don't know, but... Um, the thing is, Milan will have Mike Mignon yeah, back. He was, suspended, he was suspended. Yeah. Teo Hernandez will be back. So, yeah, those are two really big players um, for Milan. But I agree with Jules. I thought Milan were very stale and ineffective, particularly in midfield uh, against Juventus. And that's because Juventus do what teams don't really do anymore, which is to say, we're going to play in a mid to low block. Um, we're going to block all the passing lanes. You're not going to get past us. And then we're just going to hoof it long to our striker, Moisey Ken. Um, it's not what you see from big clubs these days, but Milan Milan struggled to break through that team, which was teams that play that way is why Milan recruited the way that they did in the summer with mm. signing players like Okafor, Chukwueze, Pulisic, guys who can go past players in one v ones. Midfield players who are more technical, more skillful. Thought they missed Loftus Cheek yeah. on uh, on Sunday. They'll miss him again against PSG. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Only uh, Man City and Real Madrid have had more shots than Milan in the Champions League this season. But of course, the Rossoneri yet to find the net once. Celtic are taking on Atletico Madrid. That's on Wednesday as well. Atletico Madrid, ooh, a 3-0 win against Celta in uh, the build-up to this with a hat-trick from Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, yeah possibly him and Bellingham are uh, the best players in La Liga right now. Oh, uh, yeah? yeah Performance-wise, I mean, and number-wise as well. Uh, he was very good, and Atletico showed, again, the solidity uh, that they've been showing in 2023. Uh, and Rafa mentioned that the Dortmund is point-wise the best uh, team in 2023, I think. Well, Atletico must be somewhere near there because they have been amazing, really. And... Uh, with the exception of um, a defeat uh, this season, I think that they have had only one. Uh, the and rest Valencia. of the games... Uh, we have Valencia. Against Valencia, yeah, 3-0. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the rest of the games, they have uh, done very well. OK, well, that one's at Parkhead on Wednesday. Uh, in a second or two, we'll have a look at a couple of games on Tuesday and then get on to your, your weekend league action. Football is bigger and more complicated than ever before. Just ask VAR. Check up late. It's fine. Perfect. So the Daily Football Briefing is here to help, whether it's the World Cup. It's a kind of face-saving, everyone's happy, no one's a loser. Lionel Messi. As they say, he completed football. 
or Manchester United? I mean, the performances all season have been questionable. That are making you quizzical. The Daily Football Briefing has all the answers you need for every football story that matters, and it does exactly what the name suggests. It's daily, it's brief, and it's all about football. The Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic, available wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Bill Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. So it's Tuesday games, going to pick out a couple here, but if there's any others you'd like to discuss, feel free. Man United taking on Copenhagen. United looking for their first points of this campaign. It's the first time they've lost their opening two matches in a European Cup campaign ever. But surely at home to Copenhagen, it's going to go their way. Or having seen brave Copenhagen taking a two-goal lead away in Istanbul, taking the lead against Bayern Munich, do we feel that the Danes have another surprise in store? I mean, how much of a surprise would it be to get a result at uh, Man United these days? But it was a strange performance from them because they, for a long time, looked very much second best, but then came back really, really strongly and caused lots of problems for Bayern. I think away from home, there'll be less of a force, though. Mm. So that 2-0 lead, though, in, in Istanbul, which eventually Galatasaray brought back to 2-2. I think Copenhagen had gone down to 10 men, had they not? Yes, yeah. yes. I think United will will find a way of winning this game. Okay. All right. And it's the Hoyland derby, of course, because he's young. Hoyland yeah, versus Hoyland. The Hoyland the twins. brother, Oscar especially because the other twin hasn't really made it to the... Uh, his other brother hasn't made it to the first team properly. But Oscar is regularly on the bench. So, yeah, it'd be a special game, I guess, for the, the Holland family. Like for the Hernandez family, we didn't mention briefly on the PSG Milan, but mm. Lucas against Theo. Of it's course. quite rare that yeah. brothers, you know, either play with each other for a national team. And we've yeah. talked a lot about Sir Bobby Charlton and his brother, of course, this week in England, but mm. also against each other in a, in a Champions League match. But we'll have two this, uh, this, this match day. Very nice. Very nice. Sevilla are hosting Arsenal, of course, reeling from their defeat last time out away to Lens. What kind of opposition will Sevilla uh, now offer, given that they are now under the managerial auspices of uh, Diego Alonso? Yeah, Diego Alonso didn't do too well with Uruguay in the World Cup. No. Not at all. No. Uh, but he actually qualified for Uruguay for the World Cup when it looked like they weren't going to because uh, they lost four games in a row with Tavares and the last one, uh, a 3-0 against uh, Bolivia and Hernando Siles ground. And they appointed Diego Alonso. He won four games straight. He made a couple of interesting decisions. He dropped Muslera and he gave a start to Rosette. So he's a manager that also make big decisions mm-hmm. and uh, here at Sevilla in his first game I think the most important thing he has done he has uh, broken that uh, double pivot holding midfield of Fernando and Rakitic which is clearly uh, not up to the pace of La Liga let alone the Champions League and uh, he has populated the midfielder with 
you know, fresher legs, like uh, Sumare, the former Leicester City player, and uh, Debris show all together with Rakitic, mm -hmm. and it seems to work a little bit more. The, well, this weekend... It, it, against Real Madrid. Yeah, against league-leading Real Madrid. They look good, no? Yeah, no, no, no they, they were good. They were competitive. Uh, of course, there are still some veterans that are undroppable, like uh, Sergio Ramos or Jesus Navas, because they, they have been playing really well. Same for Sevilla, that uh, Gudelig is probably out. And um, since uh, Sevilla lost Diego Carlos and Jules Kunde, they haven't had a centre-back uh, duo that uh, played uh, long in time just to consolidate themselves together. Mm -hmm. And uh, it looked like Ramos and Gudeli could be the centre-back partnership, but uh, Ramos will play with someone else, obviously. Uh, but I think that Sevilla has improved uh, slightly, uh, and uh, let's not underestimate the atmosphere of Sanchez-Pizjuan mm. uh, in a European night. Uh, remember what happened to Juve or to Manchester United or even to Liverpool a few years ago when they were winning 3-0 by the halftime and they ended up drawing 3-all. So, you know, I think that Arsenal will have faces when they will dominate a lot, maybe at the beginning because they tend to storm onto the pitch, especially in the Champions League. But Sevilla will have their moments too. Okay. Alvaro, is the Ramon Sanchez-Pizuan, as you've described it, is that one of those stadiums where a Sergio Ramos tackle <laughs> can be the catalyst? A hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, one tackle equates a goal over there. Yeah. Uh, the atmosphere, on a slightly negative sense, this weekend for the clash with Real yeah. Madrid, where uh, there were images of uh, a couple, certainly at least a couple of Sevilla fans making essentially monkey chants against yeah. Vinny Jr. Uh, and very swift uh, response from the Spanish authorities. Yeah, because Vinicius also said that he had received in his social media uh, the video of uh, a child doing the, yeah, the monkey gesture as well. Yeah, looks like a pretty yeah, yeah, young, just, uh, young yeah, yeah, It was a, a terrible thing. Again, it happened mm. in Valencia back in April mm. uh, or in May. It happened at Sevilla. The good thing is that, as you said, Sevilla... Uh, tackled that quickly, they sent a statement, they ide have identified the person and that person will no longer be a Sevilla member. Mm. So let's see if this has some, some more ramifications or not. But yeah, again, that happened uh, with Minicius as the subject of some uh, really nasty racism. Mm. No goal or assist for Jude Bellingham for once. Yeah, even though he scored... And, uh, well, useless, useless player. Yeah, really Average. bad. I mean, he has to go. Um, it's a pleasure to do, it, do this podcast because uh, I, I don't have to talk about the referees and all that. As, uh, okay. I will be talking in Spanish radio show, basically, okay. because well, the, whole, the, the whole narrative has been around the, the referee and oh. uh, how bad he did, uh, maybe Jules, that he, I know he follows right. all this, he knows a little bit, but uh, yeah. everything has been about the referee in the Sevilla-Real Madrid game, and I don't think that the referee was so outrageous. He right. was bad, only bad. Uh, he cancelled a goal from Fede Valverde, and right. another one from Bellingham, but the one from Fede Valverde was well cancelled, and uh -huh. the one from Bellingham, Bellingham scored 11 seconds after the referee had stopped the game for a non-existing fault on Lucas Ocampos. This business of the Spanish radio discussing the refereeing and very little else, is this something that you see on the rise in other countries as well? Certainly in this country, it feels like we spend a lot more of kind of analysis time discussing refereeing than... Yeah, but the thing is that in Spain, everything is... Uh, Politicized? No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, investigated and checked through the lens of Madrid versus Barcelona, right. Barcelona versus Madrid, right. in a, in, even in a political sense. And it's not especially like one of those countries. Well. And especially before the Clásico. The discussion is right. impossible. The game analysis sometimes is non-existing yeah. because everything is about the referees. Right. It's very tiring. Uh, and you will see how this week... Because it's going to happen. Right. Ahead of El Clásico, Real Madrid TV is mm -hmm. going to make a big preview 
of the referee who's going to judge mm. in El Clasico. Just basically flagging the mistakes he did in the past yeah, against like Real Madrid. Before the Sevilla game, pretty yeah. much they showed all the mistakes that he made against Real Madrid in his, like, in his career. Wow. There's no yeah. other club, no other country where you see that. And, and the music, uh, when they do these kind of features, is like a, a war sinister. movie. Sinister. Yeah, sinister. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's very, very, very... I think that's so unfair. I mean, it's not like Barcelona have got in any way a suspicion of having... <laughs> leaned on and made financial payments to referees i know and we have discussed that uh, right in a very i think i would say that a nice way here yeah. barcelona i think that uh, they deserve all the scrutiny they are getting because mm. they did that but that doesn't mean that real madrid no. uh, has to do this i would say coercitive videos yes. towards the referees absolutely yeah. they got braga uh, midweek yeah yeah they should win it okay good <laughs> Excellent. Any other Champions League stuff you're particularly excited by? Of course, all the games will be featured on the uh, popular uh, TV show, The Gold Show. You mentioned, Alvaro, that the Clasico is coming up next week. And the build-up has seen Real, as we mentioned, drawing at Sevilla. Barcelona, meanwhile, with that 1-0 win against Athletic Bilbao. They are just one point apart now ahead of that huge game next weekend. But between them, and indeed level with Real Madrid on points, the big story are Girona again promoted just the season before last. They came from 2-0 down this weekend against Almeria and won 5-2. Incredible. It was unbelievable. Again, Almeria uh, reminds me of Levante two years ago when they got relegated, conceding many and scoring many as well. Almeria has conceded 29 already. (laughs) It's it's mental. It's mental. And Girona, uh, they've got half the points they got at the end of last season. So 25... Mm. Last season, they ended up with 49, I believe. Mm. So it's a quite, uh, quite a good uh, booty for them, uh, considering uh, you know, that they don't uh, invest so much money. But it's about the style. Obviously, playing so well and being third or second or top in La Liga means that uh, some Girona players are interesting for the national sides too. Uh, the other day, Jan Couto uh, played the game for Brazil. You know, a Girona player playing for Brazil is quite a thing. Um, Dobic, the Ukrainian, has played fantastically. Savinho is one of the interesting players that we have to follow. A young Brazilian, very skillful too. And the team plays with uh, a lot of uh, confidence on what they are doing. This is what makes the difference. It's not only that they come onto the pitch just to entertain themselves, because this is not like, okay, go out there and pass the ball and score goals. You know, it's not like this. But they know that they've got certain freedoms to do certain things. And... Uh, I believe that they are playing uh, in a very calm way because they know that eventually the style and what they are trying to do is going to pay dividends. Mm. And, you, you know, it's working for them really well. And they beat Almeria coming back from a 2 nil. It's not easy for anybody, yeah. for, not even for Real Madrid. It's well, a really romantic story, particularly the, this Brazilian player. I mean, who owns Girona again, um, Alvaro? <laughs> no, no. It's a fairy tale. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> all, all that said, yeah, but they could they could be playing like um, I don't know Granada in the sixties, you know, like they, sure, yeah, they, they almost have a knife uh, under the sock. Uh, they, those Granada players, and they right. are playing in a nice way. So I think that it's good for La Liga, Jens. What can yeah. I tell you? It's very good for them. They yeah. could How be, much freedom they do could they be top next weekend if Real Madrid come unstuck against Barca and they beat yeah. Celta Vigo, who are down in the relegation zone? And then boom, yeah, and poor right. Rafa Benitez, by the way, okay. if he loses again. All right, yeah, uh, Barcelona. Oh, you were tweeting this weekend uh, two years with Xavi. 
The team gets more and more dull as the games go by, yes. says Alvaro Romeo. He is lucky he gets judged by irrelevant stuff and not by the way his team plays. Ooh, that's What's the irrelevant shots stuff? Shots fired. Yeah, he, he gets criticised by things he says sometimes that uh, we call it in, uh, in Spain being too purista, like being, trying to be too pure about the things you believe in. Mm. Uh, so, for example, Xavi thinks that sometimes uh, it looks like you can only play in a certain way. Mm. The grass always has to be perfectly cut. Things like this, as Xavi is very, uh, um, very picky about, meticulous. very meticulous about. Mm. And I think that they are making a mockery out of him, especially in Madrid, you know, because Xavi has always been like this. And basically, Xavi, the character, gets criticized for, for these things. But all these things sometimes uh, overshadow Xavi, the coach. And I think that Xavi, the coach, won La Liga last year but he spent the whole season saying that the team didn't play the way he wanted. Right. Which is the biggest failure a manager can have. And He's, you think the way that they play is dull? And getting duller? I, I think that, uh, yeah, because they don't have attacking patterns. And sometimes they rely on passing the ball to the wingers and you know, let, let them do something. They did that with Dembélé for three months last year until he picked an injury. And then, uh, you know, they won La Liga, keeping many clean sheets. The individual efforts in defense were very good. Mm. But I think that Barcelona, after two years with Xavi, was supposed to be a little bit more flashy and play better football. Xavi didn't like what he saw when he arrived in Barcelona. He didn't like the way La Masia was working, the kind of players they were promoting. In all fairness, uh, he's using a lot of La Masia, as Ronald Koeman did, because mm. Barcelona doesn't have the money. Right. In that department, many youngsters are in the first team and they are settled now, and that's, that's fantastic. But, you know, I think that to win important games in Europe, you need to have... Uh, ways of attacking that Barcelona doesn't have. A narrow victory this weekend. No Lewandowski in, in, in the game. Any w word on when he's going to be back? Mm, he may be back for the Clásico, but, uh, you okay. know, same thing with Pedri, but I, I wouldn't put the, my hand on the fire. For OK, that. they have Shakhtar Donetsk midweek in the Champions League. All righty. Anything else from La Liga, Alvaro? That's all. OK, good. Next up, a word on Serie A. Hello there, Ayo here. Listen to me on the Athletic Football Podcast, where we go deep on the biggest stories in the game, providing insights and analysis from the very best journalists in the business. You won't get this anywhere else. Available now on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places. Just search the Athletic Football Podcast now. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You're listening to the Totally Football Show with James Richardson, the Sports Podcast Awards Soccer Podcast of the Year. Milan Juve, we talked about that a little bit. Wasn't the greatest game. So how about the other Milanese side who've gone back on top with Milan dropping points? And that is Inter who went to Turin and did Torino 3-0, woof. Yeah, everyone's doing uh, Torino at the moment. Um, they haven't scored in four games. Uh, they have a lot of injuries. Um, so they were playing a midfield player at centre-back, uh, Tamez, 
Um, Pierre Scores, arguably their best fit centre-back, went off in tears, uh, suspected cruciate ligament tear. Uh, and it was nil-nil at halftime. Yeah, Inter faced what you usually face uh, when you play against uh, Ivan Juric's kind of death metal uh, football, which is a very aggressive team. And if you come from an international break where Pavard has been playing for, for France, Turam's had a bit part for his national team as well. You've got guys like Lautaro, who's been um, over the Atlantic to play for Argentina in Peru and that sort of thing. Inter looked a little bit tired and then they, they made some substitutions. Dumfries came on and they do what they do, which is uh, Turam scores. Magnificent. Lautaro scores. And then they got a penalty and mm. Chalanoglu put it away. But I mean, this strike partnership is, uh, I think, the best uh, in Europe. Uh, Tula. Tula. Um, because Inter are the only team that have two players who've been involved, um, who've got goal involvements in seven different games this season. Mm. Not even um, at Dortmund. Yeah. The best team in Europe. Best team in Europe. Best team in Europe. Also, Jan Sommer. I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. they're scoring the goals and he's keeping clean sheets. Once again, an inter-goalkeeper keeping a record number of clean sheets. Yeah, six in his first nine appearances. Uh, it's almost like it's the not club. the goalkeeper that's the important <laughs> thing. Yeah. I mean, he has made some big saves, yeah. but didn't really have to in, in, in this game. Um, but, you know, I think Inter have a higher ceiling than any of the other teams in the league. Um you know, I, I, I think I've already said that I expect them to win the league quite comfortably. They obviously went into the international break having, what, lost to Sassuolo and drawn with Bologna. So they still have that kind of glitchiness in them. But uh, I think they are the best team in Italy. Okay. It's a shame that Aaron Winter isn't in the team with Jan Sommer. Oh, that'd be lovely. Nice. Nice, Raf. <laughs> okay. Okay, Inter top again, one point ahead of Milan, who are themselves one point ahead of Juventus. Fiorentina, though, play Monday, today as we record, and they can move back level with Juventus, two points off the top. That's pretty exciting. You went to see Fiorentina's new training ground, James. Was that nice? Yeah, it was one of the best uh, events I've been to. Okay, um, why? What happened? Well, good food. Uh, the food was very good, but everybody was there. There was Seferin, the UEFA president, Gravina, Italian Football Federation president, um, there was a Hold big on, sort Sheffield of and the Agnellis are friends again? Or? No, this is Fiorentina. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the Agnellis were definitely Because you were also at the Agnelli event. I was, yes. I get confused with all the events <laughs> you go to. Yeah. All those freebies. But they had a big uh, sort of drone show, you know, where they do the oh, yeah. drone light show. Nice. Um, what, did they, what did the drones depict? Uh, just Fiorentina stuff. Giglio, you know, and, oh, nice. you know that okay. sort of thing. There was some nice commemorative old school Fiorentina jerseys. Oh. Do you have a goodie bag? Yeah. Of course, I've declared, of course. Ethical? <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, Fiorentina, as you mentioned, they play, as we record, uh, mm. against, uh, against Empoli, but have been uh, really impressive um, so far this season, as have Bologna. Bologna yeah. are, are undefeated since the opening day of the season uh, against uh, Milan. They're eight games unbeaten. Lewis Ferguson keeps, uh, keeps scoring goals. Zirkze looks like one of the best strikers in the league. Um, after he first came to Italy on loan with Panama, didn't do well, went back to Bayern, and then he's he's been brilliant under Thiago Motta um, at Bologna. So, yeah, they've been great. I want to talk about the Roman clubs. Yeah. Because you mentioned Roma's 1-0 win against Monza with that uh, well, 89th minute goal from Stefano Sharawi. He bursts into tears, as you mentioned. Jose Mourinho then gets a red card. <laughs> 
again. This is the sixth red card of his time in Rome. Yeah. Magnificent. <laughs> and he gets it, ironically enough, for essentially calling his opposite number, Palladino, a crybaby. Yeah. yeah. He makes these, I mean, this, this will be a memeable uh, Mo, uh, Mourinho moment where he, he makes this sort of, uh, you're all Just talk. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 yeah, the, uh, and then crying, the crying yeah. face. <laughs> I mean, he's such a troll, really. But he he had vowed not to get sent off this season. That Uh was his objective. Um, And he wanted to do all the press conferences um, because he missed the ones he was, you know, when he was suspended for games last Mm. year. Um, But uh, no, and I think his assistant had also been sent off earlier in this game. He's going to miss the next game, which is against? Inter. (laughs) That's why I thought he did it on purpose. Well, he was asked about this afterwards. Yeah, he had a great post-match press conference um, because entirely unnecessarily, (laughs) he brings in Papu Gomez, the other story. So Papu, who uh, was signed by Monza, Roma's opponents, uh, on, I think, was it the last day of the transfer window or outside the transfer window because he was free. So Papu has this two-year ban for for taking a banned substance, which he's appealing. And it had been reported that it was uh, like a cough syrup that his, his son had taken and uh, Jose was doing his post-match press conference was you know sort of saying oh sorry my uh my voice (laughs) (laughs) my voice is but I won't be taking any of this sort of cough syrup (laughs) that Papu's had so you know he just can't resist um but yeah deflected from an otherwise you know kind of I wouldn't say it was a poor performance yeah but what those three wins have come against Frosinone, Cagliari and Monza. Mm-hmm. So two teams that got promoted last year, mm. albeit Frosinone, a bit of a revelation. Cagliari, one of three teams that are still winless in Serie A. Mm. We'd sell any down in Udinese. And then Monza, who, to be fair, have been pretty mm. good. They were, they were seventh going into this game. Um, but Jose couldn't resist. I mean, it took them until the 89th yeah. minute to break down a team that was down to 10 men. Yeah, fair. They hit the post um, a couple of times with mm. Lukaku Nazmoon. Um, and they should have made lighter work of it, is okay. what I'm saying. A point behind them are the resurgent Lazio, who had a 2-0 win against rather more tosto uh, opponents, uh, Sassuolo. Yeah, uh, Luis Alberto, masterclass, mm. um, was magnificent in this game. I think he's just signed a new deal. Uh, Immobile was not in the starting eleven, but it didn't matter. Castellanos uh, continues to play really well. Obviously, mm. he comes from Girona, part of that brilliant ah, that's system. Where he comes from, he, of, but he's been—I the, the, mean, dare I say—the revelation of, of, of Lazio's. Well, he—he—he he, was—he was at Girona, but he was formerly a New York City player. Oh, okay. Because he's part of the uh, City, City, group. The City Group mm. network. Um, another romantic story. <laughs> another romantic story, but yeah, I mean, Lazio since that that. Uh, winning Glasgow against Celtic oh, yeah. have turned a corner. They've also their fixtures have got easier. They had a, a really difficult start to the season in which they played. And they were pretty gifted much to two goals, like yes. massive defensive Terrible. mistakes from Sassuolo as well. Yeah. Okay. Feyenoord midweek. Yeah, feisty. This is always feisty whenever a Roman team comes against Feyenoord. I know it's it's in Holland, but um, Feyenoord fans famous for uh, breaking the uh, Batcaccia, you know mm. the. Um, the statue in the fountain in Piazza di Spagna on the Spanish steps. So wrong, you know, wrong, wrong. All right, edgy. Just to quickly mention, mark your card for next weekend, Rafa. Some great city fixtures coming up. You've got Lazio uh, indeed taking on Fiorentina. Yeah, yeah. There's also Inter Roma. Lukaku's first game with the oh, ultras yeah. who've 
bought 50,000 whistles as they did when Ronaldo came back and played against them for AC Milan. Brilliant, so. brilliant. And there's also Napoli-Milan. Napoli, who are moving back up now under Rudy Garcia. Now that De Laurentiis is coaching the team. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So what, fill us in a little bit on the backstory there because it looked like Garcia was for the chop, but then Antonio Conte said no thanks, he was busy. And so they've doubled down on Garcia. Yeah, there was like a crisis meeting at the beginning of this international break and it looked like Garcia was going to get sacked. De Laurentiis like speaks to Conte. Conte's like, yeah, I made a mistake taking over Spurs in season. I should never do that again. I'm not going to do it this time. But, you know, it basically comes out that um, De Laurentiis wanted Conte. Uh, and then De Laurentiis' kind of fudge is, don't worry, Rudy, I, I do back you. I'm going to be at the training ground more uh, to hold your hand. <laughs> that sort of thing. In the meantime, Ozymen, uh goes away on international duty. He picks up an injury. He's out for a month. So everyone's like, oh, God, this isn't going well. There's other stuff going on with Ozymen too. Um family sort of stuff then he was at the training ground and he sort of uh, got very angry with fans asking for autographs so it didn't look like it was going to be a, an easy uh, weekend for, for Garcia but they played really well uh, against Verona Two goals. got a brace yeah very nice okay well that's going to be big next weekend and just down the road just to wrap this up just down the road from Napoli who's in on the Salernitana bench ha super Pippo Pippo Inzaghi yeah yeah, yeah. who uh, was was it one nil, one nil down, then two one down. And yeah, then came back twice. Yeah, against came the back Cagliari. Twice. Admittedly, Cagliari, but at the Arecchi, which is the stadium where he scored his first goals for Italy. Is that right? Pippo Inzaghi yeah, against right? Spain, I think, back oh. in the day. Lovely to see him back. Yeah, got a lot of lot of love for Super Pippo. Yeah. February the eighteenth, by the way, that's when Salernitana play Inter. <laughs> yeah, okay. I that one up immediately. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. All right, uh, next up. Other stuff. Is it finished already, Seria? <laughs> I think we mentioned 14 of the... Just one word. 14 of the okay. 20 No, because we haven't said anything on Empoli, I think. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm All kidding. right, then. Uh, next up, then. Ooh, what's up on Thursday in Europa League? And also, go on, Jules. Tell us about Liga And Rafa about the Bundesliga. We're all driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. According to their own survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Remember the last time you were hiring and how slow and overwhelming it was? Well, you don't need to go through all that again. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. And because you listen to The Totally Football Show, Indeed is going to give you a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash totally. That's I-N-D-E-E-D.com slash totally. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed at Indeed.com. We're sponsored for this episode of The Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. This is The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. European League highlights this Thursday include Brighton's clash with Ajax. Both teams, of course, looking for their first win in Europe this season. Ajax looking for a win pretty much anywhere. That's now eight games without a victory. It's their worst run since the introduction of professional football to the Netherlands in 1954. They have dropped 17th in the Eredivisie. There are 18 teams in the division. Uh, this weekend, especially damaging, they took on that rarest of things, a team below them in the table, Utrecht. They went two goals down. Yeah. They fought back and made it 3-2, but then ended up losing 4-3, uh, which I, I feel like that's going to be they're damaging. Gonna, yeah, they're yeah. going to get battered at Brighton. Who, who, who have they got at the weekend after? PSV? It is PSV. So it's big Who have week. not dropped a point in the Eredivisie no. so far this season. No. Who travelled to Lens, as we mentioned. I think oh, we mentioned yeah, yeah. briefly. On Tuesday night, um, which is a big game for them as well. Mm. But Ajax are in absolutely They nice. could be bottom of the table. Terrible. Yeah. But you've seen it in football, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. The, the team that hasn't dropped a point yeah. comes up yeah. against Crisis Club. Who are you thinking of? <laughs> you, couldn't, uh, you couldn't strip it's, it. It's... <laughs> Anyway, uh, also in the Conference League, another uh, Dutch side, one doing rather better, AZ Alkmaar. They're taking on Aston Villa. They're second in the table. Beat Herenven 3-0. That's all I've got on that game. Uh, Liverpool are facing Toulouse. Toulouse, who have been saved by the, the woodwork 10 times already in the really? league this season. Only Bournemouth with 11 mm. have had more, like, I don't know how you call it, like saves by the woodwork mm. or something. Yeah. This weekend, Toulouse drew 1-1 with Reims. Right. And three times, Reims hit the same post. It's yeah, ridiculous. That is ridiculous. So uh, just warning Liverpool fans yes. that you, you will hit the woodwork on Thursday night. Okay. And you can see the highlights with James and myself and Owen Hargreaves. That's late true. On Thursday. Yeah. Catch on all of the drama. TNT Sport. The Europa and Conference League. Very nice. Okay. Who's up next? Is it Bundesliga or Liga? Rafa can go first. Just one word. Um... <laughs> On the Bundesliga. <laughs> okay, yeah. Rafa. It's Bayern Munich's best start to a Bundesliga season in seven years. But they're not the best team in but Europe. They're third. And yet they're only third. What? Yeah. Ooh, and that's he's because worried. Look, you can see by his face he's worried. Mm. Bayern Leverkusen leading 2-1. They won at Wolfsburg to stay top. Stuttgart in second place. Another win for them. They won 3-0 at Union. Uh, another goal for your man Grassi. Yeah, who but then unfortunately came off injured mm. hamstring is it Raf? it's going to miss a few weeks right I mean no, they scored good. another couple of goals after he he went off but it was against I know Union. but he had 14 and 8 and yeah, it's yeah. just a shame now to see that interrupted yeah it is a bit 
Uh, that's their six straight wins, Stuttgart. We talked about them a little bit last week and how incredible they are, and they're continuing to be. Meanwhile, that is now eight defeats in a row for Union Berlin in all competitions. They face Napoli midweek. Is there what's what's been the impact of this incredible run of defeats? I mean, everyone's still really relatively calm. Uh, was Fischer not under any real pressure? But of course, if you keep on losing, um, people are going to be unhappy. Robin Gorson's probably also missing the game against Napoli, which is a big blow because he's one of the few players that have actually been playing well hmm. this season. Up front is the big problem. None of the strikers are playing well. Kevin Folland, since he's yeah. come back, has been completely out of sorts. Sharo uh, Aldo Becker, who played well in the Champions League, hasn't done anything in the Bundesliga yet. Kevin Behrens, who was called up by Germany, hasn't done anything of note since that hat-trick in the first game of the season, I think it was. So, yeah, they're not, they're not scoring goal and at the back. Ever since Bunch has come in... <laughs> I knew this was going. <laughs> there's just a lack of uh, really? Even mobility. Even <laughs> Mobility. <laughs> <laughs> no, they make a lot of silly mistakes. Right. And, you know, Union are based on defending well the foundation is solid defense hard work who did Bonucci come in and replace or was he to supplement what they already had yeah he was he was supposed to add uh, seniority and mobility consistency has he genuinely been bad or no I don't think it's, it's down to him there's just many gaps in midfield I think the bigger loss has been I mean Robin Knoche who's one of the center backs he's been out um should come back and uh, Rani Kadira. <laughs> hmm? Sorry. What? To go on. No. No, in England, people often talk about players being out with a knock. I just wondered who he's out with oh. a knock. Yeah. Yeah, but it's Knoche. Knoche, yeah. Knoche. yeah. Has he got many Knockers in the German media? Right. So <laughs> bad. So terrible. No. <laughs> but, 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 yeah. but Rani Kadira. Yes. Younger brother of Sammy. Right. Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. Who was there to see him at the weekend? Hmm? Who was there to see him at the weekend? Was he? Yeah. How do you notice? I, I saw a picture of him and I saw some highlights of the game. James. And, oh, I mean, you know. And he was there in a hat. <laughs> and I went, crikey, surely that's Sammy Kadira, yeah. older brother of the fellow who turns out for Union. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's only just come back. Okay. And has been out and it's been a massive miss because he's the number six. He keeps things neat and tidy. And everyone hopes... Union will go back to their usual self and then mm. start playing well again and scoring. But Isn't um, their usual self a second division team? Oh, History and tradition. I know what you mean, Ralph. It's, but been f- it's their fifth season in okay. the top flight. Has it really been five seasons? Yeah. Woo. Alrighty. By Leverkusen. Six straight victories. Latest one coming 2-1 against Wolfsburg. Yeah, very impressive because Wolfsburg make things really difficult. And they made it very difficult for Leverkusen, who didn't play their usual free-flowing, super sexy football. But mm. they found a way. And I think they found a way because Jeremy Frimpong has been incredible, especially in this game. He scored one, uh, made one. Great combination with uh, Boniface for the first one and Grimaldo for the second. And it was the kind of performance where you say afterwards, to use a cliche, it's the kind of game that a really top team tends to win when mm. they're not actually playing that well it's a little bit bitty it's a little bit edgy but but they find a way of winning away to Wolfsburg which is not an easy place to go to James mm. I saw that the, both fullbacks had scored I thought that, that's usually a good sign isn't it when no, but yeah 
of a yeah, top side? I think, I think is that a cliche? Yeah. I mean, when, they are, side, they're, is, you know. to be fair, they're more wing backs than full backs, but okay. I get your point. Mm. I get your point. I mean, still, it was by Leverkusen standards a rather subdued and and uh, a laboured win, but, you know, they, they, they found a way of winning, which is all that matters, and they're still top. Excellent. All right. Jules, Liga. James. Shall we begin with the derby of Provence, Nice, Marseille? Oh, Italian manager's derby as well. Yeah. Of We're going to have another one next week as well, aren't we? Yeah, you will. <laughs> yes. Indeed. How Farioli, did this one go? Mm. Farioli against Gattuso. Um, it was not the best of games, let's be honest. I thought no. both teams played okay. Nice have the best defence in Europe, not just in France. They've never considered the first goal ever in a game this season. Mm. The only team in the big five leagues to never be behind, never be chasing a game. Although they could have been because Aubameyang missed a big chance at nil-nil. And then 30 seconds later, Balerdi gets sent off. And 20 seconds later, Nice scored a winning goal right at the end by Evan Gesson. So, well done to Farioli. Gattuso needs a bit more time, I think. But there's nothing Three to worry about. Three defeats out of four. Yes, but it's, it hmm, would get there. You yeah, see. I, I liked Gattuso this week. He said in a press conference that he doesn't understand why journalists can't come and watch his team, his coaching staff, yeah. put on training. Yeah, and also I think he was not too happy that there was still a lot of details in L'Equipe newspaper and La Provence newspaper about everything he was doing, although they could not see it because, you know, the, they were not there. But, but it's, everything seems very positive, including his um, hello in the morning to the players. Okay. Which, let's put it in a nice way, is very uh, tactile. Okay. With a little slap on the face, you know, to say hello, yeah. as well as the kisses, all yeah. of that. So I think the players really like him. He, he likes the environment. I think he likes the, ch the challenge too, to bring this team back to the top. So they're playing AK Athens on Thursday, which is a big game for him mm. in Europe, really, especially after the 2-2 draw against Goes against back Brighton. to Greece, of course. Yeah. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. <laughs> well, he's had quite a career, hasn't he? Next weekend, then, after the AEK game, yeah. he's facing another Italian manager in Ligue 1, the similarly challenged Fabio Grosso, who yeah. is with Leon, who this weekend took on bottom of the table. They were in penultimate place. They took yeah. on the team below them, Claremont, and managed to get beaten 2-1 at home, so they are now bottom of the table. They are, indeed. I feel a bit for Grosso because he looks completely lost. Literally, everything he's trying, even bringing Shirky back as a starter, which he, he clearly doesn't like. Uh, and he doesn't like Ryan Shirky? No. he's got beef. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's right here. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, took him off for half-time anyway right. in this game. Is Shirky not playing well under Grosso? He is clearly not working hard enough for Grosso, okay. I think. This is the idea. And even in his post-match uh, press conference, he said, listen, the players who don't want to be, who don't fancy this fight... Mm can leave you know I don't I don't need them here right. which I understand to mm. some certain point mm. but this is still a good team with good players that should do much better than what Grosso has been doing for the last his four games in charge three defeats and one draw so um, it's yeah it's it's poor and it, they were so bad in that first half especially on Sunday night against Clermont no win this 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 season they've only scored three goals I think this is it's really really bad and until they really realise how bad it is, mm. I don't think they can find a way back out of it. Good Lord. Mm. Monaco, the other end, still top of the table. A brace from Alexander Golovin. Uh, Golovin, even. Golovin. Handing them a 2-1 win of a Mets. 
PSG, what are you now? Three points behind? Just yours? on Monaco quickly, because we mentioned two, just Nice. Two points behind. Yeah, Three, yeah. Nice, nice have never conceded the first goal in, in a uh -huh. game. Adi Hutter, on the other hand, and Monaco have won 11 points from losing positions. Really? Seen in yeah. Oh. They have this incredible, I think, mentality. And also, he plays such an attacking style that they will always concede chances and goals. But he, he, he spent the second half, on, for example, on Sunday with seven forwards. Seven. Seven out of 11, of what, 10 outfield players. And that's what he does. And the players love it because he's so attacking. There's so much running and movement and everything. Right. But they are, they will concede goals all the time, certainly. But they score more than, than they concede for the moment. So they deserve to be at the top of the table. Good Lord. Seven forwards, though. Yeah, yeah. all in all, yeah. They have, they, they have a problem at right back. So Crepin Diata, who's a winger, really plays right back. And uh -huh. then they only had one six. And then everybody else, even Ismail Jacobs, really is not really a fullback. So yeah, it was a very, very attacking team. And they, they play great. They create a lot of chances. They score more than the two goals that Golovin scored, who were, by the way, amazing goals too. Mm. Very nice. Anything else about Ligue 1, Jules? Not just PSG winning. PSG, we said Mbappé yeah. scored again, even on the, just a penalty after four games without scoring mm. for PSG. Although he did get some in the international yeah, break. Yeah, with France. Three and two? Three and two, that's right. And yeah. the one in the Netherlands, or in France, against the Netherlands. Amazing yeah. goal. Yeah, yeah, really nice goal, that. Yeah. So it's good for him before that, before that Milan game. Absolutely. All right, well, uh, we're going to head off and do midweek European action. Do feel free to join us for that. Uh, then Totally Football Show will return on Thursday with some reaction to the Champions League games. European show will be back next Tuesday. So I hope you have a great week, everyone, in the meantime. Uh, to James, to Alvaro, Rafa, Jules, producer Charlie, and you listener from all of us here, the very totally goodbye. You've been listening to the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for the Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com/slash totally. The Athletic. 